I'm Liza Hanks, and welcome to Life, Death, Law, a podcast about something we all share and almost never talk about, death. Hi, this is Liza Hanks, and welcome to a special edition of Life, Death, Law. Like many of you, possibly most of you, I'm now working remotely from home, unable to go outside in an attempt to flatten the curve of the COVID-19 virus. And because so many people are concerned about the virus, I find myself getting a lot of phone calls right now about how to put basic estate planning documents in place. And so as a special offering to my listeners, I'm doing this podcast without a guest this time, just to offer you some basic information about documents that you can put together on your own. Everything I'm going to talk about in this podcast is also in a blog post that I've just written with links to all of the documents that I'm talking about, and I will post all of these on the show notes to the show as well. So the first document that you should have in place if you don't have anything at all in place right now is an advanced healthcare directive. Some states call these healthcare proxies. Other ones call them durable powers of attorney for healthcare and living wills. But all of these documents allow you to do two important legal things. One, appoint agents to act on your behalf if you can't make medical decisions for yourself. You could be unconscious. You could be on a ventilator. You could be just too sick and confused to understand what the doctors are saying. Or you could be heavily medicated. In any of those situations, if a doctor determines that you can't evaluate the pros and cons of what they're asking you to think about, then you're not able to make healthcare decisions for yourself. So your agents can make them for you. These can be decisions like what doctor, what hospital, and what procedure. The second part of this document has to do with your end-of-life choices. And here, what the idea is, is you're going to tell people what you do or don't want at the end of your life. And then your agent's job is to advocate for that and to try to make that happen in the hospital setting. You're not asking your agent to substitute their own ideas about what you do or don't want at end of life here. In order to get a downloadable form, here's some options. Okay, if you're in California, the California Hospital Association offers a free downloadable form. If you're a Kaiser member in any of the states that Kaiser functions in, they have a downloadable advanced healthcare directive form as well. In any of the other states, the best resource I've been able to find is the AARP, which offers free downloadable advanced healthcare directives for all 50 states. And if you'd like to learn more about end-of-life planning and palliative care, please listen to my interview with Dr. Jessica Zitter on this podcast. I'll post a link to it. But she's an ICU doctor and a palliative care physician in Oakland, California, and an activist for end-of-life care reformation in general. And she has a lot of great things to say here about how to negotiate a visit to the ICU, how to be prepared for such a visit, who to choose as an agent, and what to think about when it comes to end-of-life care. DNR and POLST forms are forms that you fill out with your physician. So they don't really fit into the bucket of do-it-yourself resources that I'm trying to provide here. However, a lot of people ask me about them, and for certain people, they would be appropriate given the pandemic. A DNR order stands for do not resuscitate. And what it means is if you're in a hospital situation or even at home, 
and the EMTs have to come, you're telling them not to use artificial methods to restart your heart. Generally, that's CPR, but it could be other things like intubation. A pulsed form is usually printed on pink paper, and you'll uh, have to fill that out with your doctor as well. It is more expansive than the DNR, and it talks about other orders for life-sustaining treatment that you may or may not want at end of life, including things like antibiotics, feeding tubes, intubation, artificial hydration. So if you're terminally ill or you have underlying conditions that make you feel that you're at risk right now for respiratory arrest, this would be something to discuss with your physician. Another basic document that you should have in place is a durable power of attorney for finance. This is a legal document that names agents who can act for you financially. They can do things like write checks, pay your bills, manage your investments, withdraw your assets from retirement accounts, pay your taxes. I've had clients use them for things like getting your clothes out of your apartment so they can take them to you in the hospital. All sorts of day-to-day things that you may need help with if you're incapacitated. There's two kinds of powers of attorney. Okay, one is effective immediately upon signing, maybe appropriate if you're older and you want people to act for you right now. But for most people, a springing durable power of attorney is what they'll sign, which only becomes effective if they become incapacitated. So until then, your agent has no power to act for you. But after that, if you're unable to manage your own affairs, if you're in the hospital, if you're unconscious, if you're sick, they can help you take care of basic financial transactions. In California, where I practice, there's a statutory power of attorney form that's part of the probate code. It's a one-page simple form, and you can download it many places. I have one link on my website to a form that's offered by UC Santa Barbara, but there's many variations of the same thing out there on the web. If you're in another state, I would suggest that you Google durable powers of attorney in your state to try to find out where you can get access to this form. The final document I want to talk about is a will. And a will is a very basic estate document that states your wishes for the disposition of your property upon your death and names guardians for minor children if you die before they turn 18. What happens if you don't have a will? Well, every state has a set of rules called the laws of intestate succession. And these laws determine who would inherit your property should you pass away without a will. And if you die with minor children without a will, what would happen to them? Well, a judge is going to appoint a guardian for their care. And they're going to do it without any input from you. So I would advise all parents of minor children to certainly put together a simple will right now. You're probably going to get through the pandemic okay, but it'll be one less thing for you to be concerned about. How do you put together a will if you're stuck at home? Well, I have three ideas here. The first, if you live in California, we have a statutory will form that's made available by our state bar association for free for anyone. You can download it, print it out, fill it out, sign it in front of two witnesses who are willing to stand six feet away and be safe. If you don't live in California or you want something a little bit more expansive, I would suggest using online resources right now. The ones I'm most familiar with come from nolo.com, and that's because I've been a writer for them for more than 20 years. I know they have a rigorous internal editorial process because I've had to rewrite everything I've ever written for them at least five times. But there are other options as well, including LegalZoom. I am less familiar with those, so I'm going to stick with what I know. So nolo.com offers two different products. Willmaker is a piece of software that will generate wills, 
powers of attorney, and advanced health care directives for all states except Louisiana, which has a different legal system. They also offer an online will, which just prepares a will for you, but that might be appropriate if you already have an advanced health care directive or durable power of attorney in place. And as I've said, there are other online options available. I am just less familiar with them. But I think that right now, those are good options for people who can't leave the house. Okay, so that's it for my wrap-up of basic legal documents that anybody should have during a pandemic. But I do need to share one important thing with you, that all the information I'm providing in this podcast is for general informational purposes only. Please don't construe it as specific legal advice. And if you have any questions or concerns about any of the documents I'm talking about, please do go see an attorney or talk to them on the phone in the town where you live. I wish you all the best. Take care of each other. Go for long walks. Wash your hands a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Life, Death, Law. To find out more about today's episode or to send me a question or a suggested topic for future podcasts, go to lifedeathlaw.com, send me an email at lifedeathlawpodcast at gmail.com, or call me on the Life Death Law phone line at 669-232-0872. That's 669-232-0872. To subscribe to Life Death Law, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. So take care. And remember, when it comes to life and death and law, we are all in the same boat. Until next time, I'm Liza Hanks. Bye.